A few dragons didn't get it, fine, they were out, but Deborah Meaden got it and she made an offer. But when you're standing there and it's like 30% of your business, mm. and then I had flashbacks to those 18 hour days where we did that order, you know, in two weeks and you just literally put all your effort, your blood, sweat and tears into it. And I thought I'm not giving away a third of my business. This is The Summit by Fearless Adventures. I'm Dominic McGregor, and every week I will be talking to inspirational leaders about their experiences as they strive towards their summit. Hello and welcome to The Summit Podcast, where we talk to incredible individuals about their entrepreneurial journeys. Today we're joined by Love Raw founders, Rivi and Manav. So today um, it's going to be great to learn a bit more about Love Raw and your journeys. So I guess to start off, just tell us a bit about your background and how you've gotten to where you are now. So me and Rimi met, what was it, 12 years ago now. And we were, we were having a long-distance relationship, and I was living in Spain at the time. And I'd sort of sold property there and then didn't enjoy that, did not enjoy selling property, and then ended up setting up my own business, distributing like home textiles and furnishings like that. And we had a long-distance relationship, and you were doing investment banking. Yeah, I think women remember details. It was actually... <laughs> <laughs> we met, actually... Uh, 15 years ago we've been married 12 years um, but no I'm not counting uh, we both studied economics but we didn't yeah. know each other back then um, yeah. so my background I worked in finance in London and in hedge funds so I was very much kind of working 11 12 hour days and then met Marnov he was living in Spain at the time and then you know when he did very kindly propose it was <laughs> It was like, okay, so do you move to London or do I move to Spain? And then it was it was like Manav had his own business there and a, a lot more kind of riding in however much he's invested in, you know, his business. It wasn't a bad thing, me leaving investment banking. I thought I loved it at the time. And I thought we Manav lived in Marbella and it was near um, Gibraltar, tax-free jurisdiction. I thought I'll just get a private banking job there. So... What led me to Love Raw, it was three life-changing events. And I guess one was leaving investment banking. And the next one was, you know, moving to a new country, Spain. It was amazing. But then the last one for me was losing my father. He had um, a brain hemorrhage. So he was he was quite ill. And um, he lost, we lost him about two years after he had his hemorrhage. You know, and so moving to a new country... And, you know, leaving a career, you know, about to make a fresh start, that should be a really exciting time. But I felt like my world had collapsed after my dad passed away. And I didn't have my family, didn't have my friends, I moved to a new place. So I wasn't in a great place. And I, I, I was with Marnev and he was very supportive. He was great. But I guess what got me out of that feeling of grief was, you know, we're in Andalusia and they had farmers markets and they picked produce four o'clock that morning and going to these farmers markets and picking my produce and, and eating these types of food made me feel good. It got me out of that grief and it just snowballed from there. I gave up dairy, gluten, meat. And when I bought snacks um, in supermarkets and when I was on the go, I don't know if you guys do this, but I read ingredients and whatever said they were healthy, it's it's really, you know, they're not healthy. And then I'd be really passionate about that, you know. And then I made snacks at home for my family and friends. And then it was like one Saturday morning I got up and I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this to market. I, I've left my career where I was working 11, 12 hours a day to not being in a great place. And I needed 
to do something and I thought this is my passion I'm passionate about this and and I tried to set up the business in mm. Spain it's too bureaucratic too much <laughs> red tape they don't support no. entrepreneurs you, you can't start a food business from your own kitchen like in the UK yeah you have yeah. to be in a commercial premises mm. it just wasn't a good uh, no not good for entrepreneurs no, no it's, it's nice at all and I I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. So Marna's dad said, why don't you move back and you can move in with us and just start the business from home. And initially I thought, that's crazy. So in Spain, what did you have? Where did you get to? Did you have oh. a first product, second, where were you? No, no, no even... Just I, an idea still. I just yeah. had like going to get a certification for the building and you had to rent a building where you had an indoor and outdoor. I feel like the setup there is so bureaucratic that you want to line the pockets of a lot of people before you can start business so we would have had to spend about 30,000 euros before I could even make the first product whereas when I got to the UK I got certified by Trafford Council Soil Association mm-hmm. ready to go so you so you travel back to the UK travel back to the UK with an idea with an idea so how did you take that it was I was like you know what I had to support her because she'd gone through all of those she was like she was determined to do it and she was like, I'm going to go back. But she ended up living with my parents without me. So that was another story. That's another podcast. Another story. Yeah. But it was, um, she needed to do it. And I was very supportive. And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, you know, I was running my business. I said, look, I know a bit about the admin, the operational side. Literally, I'll try and support where I can. You just go, get it set up. And, you know, the plan was, if it works really well in England, we'll bring it back to Spain because there'll be money, you know, my business at that time, it was a recession in Spain and it took a very long time for it to, to recover. We didn't have extra funds. We didn't have pockets or savings to invest. So it was like we needed to sort of just test the idea first, see that it worked. And then let's go and, you know, get loans on banks and all of those types of things and then bring it back to Spain. But then it, it didn't happen that way, did it? No, I ended up approaching factories and they, they were like, no, everybody said no. You don't meet the minimum order quantities. Yep. Um, so I thought, OK, fine. I was so... I'm quite a determined person and I was hell-bent on doing it. So I thought, I am going to do it at home. So that's why I got certified and started. I was about to start making the bars and a friend came over and he said, who would be your ideal retailer? And I said, Whole Foods. And he said, just go there. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't yeah. go straight to Whole Foods. And he was like, why not? And then it, he left me with that. And then I thought, why not? Why can't I do that? So I made a, a sample product, sample packaging, hand-sealed it and found out who the buyer was he said email me your product and post your product email me your details and I was impatient so I just hopped on a train to London found out where the head office was like bypassed two reception desks and said I had a meeting when I hadn't and then I thought okay I'm just gonna call him for two minutes and give my products thankfully he was really receptive and he was Spanish and we had like, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I, I live in Spain and like practice my really crap Spanish on him. Um, and he, he, he was like, OK, we'll let you know. And he said, look, it was a bit dry and it can improve. So I went back, improved on the product, sent it back to him. And he, were like, he was like, look, I love the story and we like the product and we're going to take you one and we'll, we'll make an order for 500 units. And I was like, 500 units of bars? And he was like, no, cases. So I had an order for like 6,000 bars and hadn't even made, I hadn't set up anything. And he was like, can you deliver in two weeks? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I called Marna back from Spain. I was like, can you come back and help me, please? Yeah. And I called my mum. My mum's in the Midlands and obviously Marna's parents. So, yeah. so I just had everybody helping yeah. me make 
We, Wait, this 6,000... You did that. You, we only had a food order. processor. You know the whole... But you need like a big yeah. blender yeah, to yeah. mix all the ingredients. So we did it. We did. I think we did it in two weeks. Yeah, didn't we? we did it. Everybody got stuck in. We got it out. And then I think a week later, they'd sold out those 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 boxes. And he was like, "Can we order ten thousand units?" It did. It did really, it did well. really well. I think it was just. Was that just in London? It in was Whole just Foods. in London. Just yeah. London, Whole Foods, one by Piccadilly. Piccadilly, Kensington, okay. Camden. So we were all six thousand like, gone. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. It was. It was a great product. We had coconut and chia, apricot and camu camu, like these. These exotic superfoods. <laughs> I think it was a perfect Whole Foods product, and that's why yeah. it did so well. Yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, we, we that's how we that's how we started, yeah. and then being in Whole Foods, it snowballs. People see you in there, yeah. retailers see you in there, and you get further orders. And we found a factory to meet the minimum order quantities. Um, after about six months, though, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to look for the right partner to keep the integrity of the product. Yeah. And then it was almost 10, 11 months where I'd been in the UK and thought, okay, I need to come back (laughs) to Spain, come back to Mano. So then I ran it remotely from Spain. And then I was there for about two years. And it really very much was, I I guess, a lifestyle business. It was ticking over and I loved doing it. And then we were at kind of a, a point where I was pregnant with my daughter in 2015. Mano's business wasn't was a great place it was just, it was, yeah it was just slow it just wasn't growing and she and i remember we went for pizza and she was like do you know what do we stay here or do we go back and grow love raw together we always have a joke a lot of life-changing decisions that we make it's always the over pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was lovely in spain it was nice but it the business was growing and we could mm. we couldn't really scale up in, in Spain so it was like do we move back to the UK um, or do we stay here and run it as a lifestyle business so we we moved back yeah yeah which um, was hard it was starting back up again and I yeah. think I feel like that's when Love Rule really started mm. we invested in a couple of husband and wife teams um, yeah. and we've taken feedback from people that is you know risky yeah they're normal things yeah how have you found the working dynamic uh, between being married, also having three kids, yeah. and running two companies and now one company. Oh, okay. Or is it all you've known? I would go, oh, we know. And I think for my, for my, we put, I don't know if we have different perspectives on this. When we started doing Love Raw together, or when I joined, we would bicker about everything. Like I would get involved in the flyers, then we would get involved in the operations side. But it took about three, two or three years where we said, you know what, you look after this side of the business. You make the final call on the branding, MPD, marketing. You make the final, I'll have my opinion, but you make the final call. And then an operation, commercial, logistics, and finance, I'll make the final call. So that's done very well. We haven't really, very rarely, I think, since then, do we disagree on stuff. I think once. Yeah, so, yeah, we've probably had one big argument. <laughs> that was recently, but after after five years, I think we've done okay. Yeah. But then, yeah, but the, and work, the, the team was small then. You know, there was about four of us. So yeah. where anything that was going on, you'd hear and you'd get involved. Yeah. You know, we're there's like eighteen of us now, so you don't know what goes on, mm. and we both pretty much yeah. have our own roles. But um, the work life balance. There's no balance. no balance. There's no we're balance. Um, yeah. I think it was. Is harder. that entrepreneurial life though, in general, or is it? combination of everything can't speak for other entrepreneurs but you know when you try and have that balance it's just unachievable I feel like it is for our life mm-hmm. so when I stopped trying to balance it just felt better felt like I wasn't fighting yep. yeah I, it's like almost 
sometimes I'll I'll be a better mum and I'll be a better wife. But then at other times I'll I'll be you know better at work and maybe not so much. It's always a, there's always a little trade off. Yeah, mm. um, but I feel like we we do work well. Work always comes <laughs> home with us, yeah. and the kids come to work literally. And on holiday, we talk about work and kids. A lot of work so trips. No yeah. We try and make in a work trip and have a little holiday on the side, and yeah. they yeah, okay. Yeah, let's take the kids there. as well. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we've been on holiday holiday. Like, actually, we went to Centre Parks recently, <laughs> that was and that was probably the first holiday where it's not a work trip. Um, but I'm I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about taking work home with me, and we do talk no. about work quite a lot. Yeah, well, we leave, we we drive in the car together to work. We sit next to each other as well at work. <laughs> Go back home for work. Yeah. yeah, so we're always together. I worked with my fiance for a while. Okay, how was that? Yeah, I think it's different because she, she was working at the company and I was running the company, so the kind of conversations were very different. Yeah. yeah. So it was more, it was, diff- it was different. But yeah, I couldn't imagine, I, I couldn't imagine part, yeah, I can imagine working with her, but not full time. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I guess it's that ability to kind of switch off after work, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And almost finding that balance. But as you said, I guess it, it literally differs for everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I find it comfortable knowing that someone knows what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't need to ask yes. and gets it yeah. Yeah. and can see it on a daily basis of like understanding if something's stressful you yeah. don't need to dig into it because no, no, you exactly. both know it yeah. and it's kind of unsaid stuff and it's good I know I get your point actually because we support each other you know sometimes the business is you know business is up and down yeah. and you know maybe I'm, whenever I'm feeling a bit like oh, you know so much going on Rumi's there to, Rumi, yeah, Rumi's like you know what we're going to do this we're going to yeah. get through it same we support yeah. each other in that way. And you, and you don't need to say it. You don't need to... Yeah. You, you yeah. See, you'll see it in people because you are there every yeah. single day. Yeah. So you can tell when some, something's not yeah. gone right or something's not gone yeah. wrong. And instead of that coming home and having that discussion yeah. or having, someone yeah. having to kind of, you know, guys don't open up as much. Yeah, yeah correct. To kind of say, yeah. today was crap. Yeah. Yeah. You will know. I already yeah. know. You already know. And you're, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. And I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. That unspoken, yeah. yeah, what's the word for that? It's, yeah. it's just intuition. Intuition, intuition yeah. 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 But it's, you see it visibly as well when, yeah. when things that, you know, don't, yeah. don't go well and you can, you can be so much more supporting as a, as a husband and wife combination because you, yeah. you, you know each other yeah. and each other's hold life rather than just kind of the personal and work yeah. situation. Yeah, and it will be because I'll, maybe then I'll take more of a role than at home with the kids and leave Manav to sort out whatever he's got to do, yeah. not have the pressure of both. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and vice versa, yeah. And so in 2018, was it, you guys went on Dragon's Den? Yes. And you guys turned the offer down? Yes, right. we did. So what was kind of the uh, reasoning behind that? And um, what did you kind of learn from that experience? They reached out to us and we actually filmed in 2017 and it was aired in 2018 and we did need investment at that point we'd just launched you know a ready-to-drink almond milk and we were going to go into Waitrose so we needed working capital so we just went for it we thought why not um pass the audition and it was very intense I was there for an hour you know stood up being grilled I went on my own actually Mark I didn't go I didn't go. I didn't. Yeah. Chalka. Chalka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only one kid, but yeah, Chalka. I think yeah. they were in nursery as well. It was great because a few dragons didn't get it. Fine. They were out. But Deborah Meaden got it and she made an offer. But when you're standing there and it's like 30% of your business. Mm. And then 
I had flashbacks to those 18-hour days where we did that order, you know, in two weeks and you just literally put all your effort, your blood, sweat and tears into it and I thought, I'm not giving away a third of my business. Um, Did you think about without consulting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a plan. We had a bit of a chat. We did, we did. And I guess it was more also for the exposure, getting out to 4 million viewers. I mean, if we had a great offer, we would have accepted, Mm. but never, I would would have given away 30%. Um, so I stepped out of the den feeling really deflated mm. because for an hour, and I know they do it for entertainment and to, mm. to make great TV, but they make you feel really inadequate about your business. And I just cried as soon as I got out. Mm. And um, yeah, because also there was 10 months between filming and either they can make you look really great or they can edit it to make you look like, um, an idiot so I didn't know which way it was going to go and thankfully it wasn't too it wasn't too bad I mean I had a I think that's more about the individual slot. you know you can yeah. you can only edit the content you have in front of you yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. so you can't yeah. just put words into people's mouths <laughs> or, or yeah. recreate things so I think a lot of it is not down just to edit I mean it's down to yourself as well I know I know but what you mean I think I got can... one thing wrong it was like I, we had three product no uh, three categories of product at the time and I needed to remember skews. like and we had 12 products and then we'd been trading for four years so I had to remember all the financials mm. for each mm. product for each year and I think I, I got one wrong so when I got that one wrong it was like duh, 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 she in. got it wrong <laughs> she does not know her figures Peter Jones doesn't look very happy <laughs> and it was like yeah he doesn't look happy anyway but, <laughs> yeah. but, was, but you went on did you go on a silent retreat yeah that? Oh, well, I, I want to do one of them. <laughs> or something like I came that. back. And like I said, I just felt really inadequate about my business. So I just said, Marnif, I need a break. And, you know, my daughter, I was still feeding my daughter through the night. And I was, I was just like, I need a break from work, from everything. So I, in a few days, I just looked up this silent yoga retreat and just went to like yeah. Sussex for a few days. Awesome. I'd never been on anything yeah. like that yeah. before. So, um, and just went and then came back just feeling a little bit more centred. All I can say is Dragon's Den's improved massively in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, it has. Hashtag ad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got ulterior motives. Got it. <laughs> it's yeah. a much better show now. Yeah, no, um, for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, look, we've covered the kind of kitchen success. So um, where's, where, where do you guys look at as a kind of summit that you guys are trying to reach? Because we've been on that journey, we've been going nine years now. I think it's in the last few years we focused on the chocolate and we found our thing. It's making great tasting chocolate that happens to be vegan. Mm. And I think we see ourselves not just competing in that vegan space, but with the big guys, mm. with Snickers, Mars, Cadbury's. We want, to, we want to be sitting there with mainstream confectionery. So if you go into the forecourt, you go into the supermarkets, you go to the coffee shops, we're sitting alongside those brands and we're not tucked away. We're not in the back. We're not in a separate section. And it's, a, it's a space now getting massive disruption with the sugar tax, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Recently, Kellogg's have... Yes. HFSS and, and stuff like that. Pulled, yeah. yeah, so there's we look, we know what we are. We know that we it's chocolate. We're not telling people to eat it every day. It is a treat. A lot of things, the regulations aren't on us, you know, in terms of advertising and stuff, but we found ways where we can fit in the stores and things like that. So it's been, that way we've been okay. But it will affect the bigger brands and more than us because we don't do the gondola ends. We don't do those types of deals. So for us, it's, it's it opens up more space for us. Actually. Almost a little bit positive because yeah. then we won't be competing with yeah. the with we call them big chalk like big chalk big, big chalk 
Yeah, like the big chocolate yeah. corporate yeah. companies. Um, so if they'll have less offers, then they'll maybe consumers will be more receptive yeah. to looking at other, mm-hmm. you know, other brands yeah. and other options. You walked out the den feeling inadequate. Mm. When do you think you feel like you've achieved what you wanted to achieve? What does that look like? I don't know if you ever will feel that as an entrepreneur. I don't know. Are you always chasing something? Are you always... But then what I've become a firm believer of is being present, kind of taking each week as it comes and kind of celebrating the journey as well and you know if if we can achieve that you know when when you're asking about what the summit is I have a long-term goal as to kind of what the summit is for the business Mm -hmm. where we're trying to reach but for me it's it's being present enjoying the journey being present with the children being present at work and if I can feel kind of satisfied with that then I am reaching Mm -hmm. kind of what, what, that as, a, as an entrepreneur. You mentioned you're nine years in. Yeah. From kind of the first end mm. uh, product and the kind of first kitchen. Yeah. When did you get that feeling that you just explained about enjoying the moment? Because it's very, I've not heard many people. Only recently. Yeah. Only very recently. Before that, it was literally, okay, we need to get this. Yeah. We need to get this listing. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get this product. We need to hit this number. Yeah. I think the pandemic as well played a part, right? So oh, that just chucked everything out the wall. <laughs> yeah. So right. after that, the last six months, isn't it? The last oh, really? Months, like where all of the hard work of the nine years, because we've learned all of the mistakes. Yeah. Now we've sort of built the team, got a good team. Before the pandemic, there's only four of us. Mm-hmm. So now there's 18. We've got a great advisor, Juliet's on board. We've got a great team. The products are doing very well. This, you know, people love what we're doing and it's all coming together. Yeah. All the hard work, yeah. the lessons we've learned, the team that we built, they're all it's all coming together. I think that's when we're feeling now that God it's, it's, it's re- happening. It's really fascinating because you know, like entrepreneurs talk about the, the average business for an entrepreneur it leaves after seven years. At that point, you know, you either get to a point where you Yeah, you want to get rid of it yes. or you, from what I think you guys might have done is you've broken through maybe a pain barrier. Yes. And that's you, exactly And you've it. come to a yeah. point of just real peace and enjoyment. Yes. Because I, yeah. I left social for seven years and I was like, that's so weird to think that actually it was exactly yeah. seven years. Yeah. And then I read yeah. that it was the most. So it, it's a weird thing that, you know, you've kind of gone through that kind of lifespan and now you're like, okay, I'm really just comfortable accepting and loving what I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. We enjoy and going to work. We do. And we're out of the day to day now mm-hmm. as well, you know when you're in the day-to-day you're firefighting you're just trying to get things done but now we can work on strategy and work at kind of the bigger picture and achieving our you know goals that we've set so so yeah and and we are enjoying it more because it's still a struggle it's Mm. you you just have a new set of struggles (laughs) than when you're out of the day-to-day but um but yeah I think we've just learned to enjoy it more so talking about enjoyment um you brought us some goodies to to look at so uh if we just get these brought in. Thank you. So we've got Excited some of the these. classics in here and, the some classics. Of, and some of the new products. And yeah. um, Hattie and I are actually both big fans. Um, <laughs> you know, and chocolate first, vegan second, yeah. I really like that. And then we go for, talk us through, so you've got some of the classics here, yeah? Talk yeah. us through what's new and what is what you're most excited about. So these launched a few months ago. Yeah. These are our nutty chocolate balls. And these are a world's first. Nobody's made a vegan 
Yeah, and this is the other packet. Yeah, this is the other packet. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's fine. And then we also have launched a caramelized biscuit wafer as well, just to add to the wafer. It's really good. It's really good. You know, goes great with a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And this this idea came. We saw somebody make a fake post. Said, "Wouldn't it be great if somebody made a wafer with caramelized biscuit?" And I think it had like eight thousand likes. 500 comments said, oh, this would be a great combination of two brands getting together. So we're quite prevalent to make it. on social. So, we so thought, when, you know what, we'll make when it. people yeah. talk, we listen. Yeah. We're like, okay, yeah. can you make a vegan version of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah. So I don't think these will last until two o'clock in okay. our office. <laughs> I should have, we should have bought some more. <laughs> so we will, I'll let you know how they go down. Thank you so much for coming no on no. today. And, you know, it's incredible hearing your story. And, thank you. Um, yeah, just love you guys. You're such a lovely couple. Cheers. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. It's such a great business, great product. And it's nice to put a... Not a even real face, face. A real face. <laughs> a real face. A, re- a voice. <laughs> <and> a voice. <laughs> I mean, everyone's probably seen that when they see it in the supermarket. Yeah. So yeah. Um, lovely to meet you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for thank having you us on. Yeah, it was really you. nice to chat. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know in the comments and take the time to rate, share and review.